Gorge. I listen to the Black Guy Who Tips podcast because <laughs> Rod and Karen are hot. <laughs> hey, welcome to another episode of the Blackout Tips podcast. I'm your host, Rod. Joined as always by my co-host, Karen. Happy birthday. Yay, today is my birthday. I turned 44 years old, 44 congratulations you made it yes sir um you know it, we we don't really go hard on birthdays normally Mm-mm. uh but you know this morning uh i got you up and said you know going to the store mm-hmm. and then uh i took you to uh second and charles which is uh not a restaurant it's a store that specializes in just nerd stuff it's a bunch of it's a nerd utopia up in there it is and i just said you know get whatever you want and you ended up you translated that into what about six of them t-shirts <laughs> i was like oh you i get what i want i want t-shirts i said whatever you want and she decided that meant uh all the t-shirts all of the t-shirts yes uh i like t-shirts um and uh uh there are some t-shirts uh that i have that are old got holes in so i'm gonna get rid of those some of those to make room for these mm-hmm. but yeah i got a fruit basket t-shirt which i've never really seen a fruit basket t-shirt shout, shout out to the people who uh nerd off in anime know exactly what i'm talking about i seen that bitch i was like yes i got a naruto one uh i was 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 picking it up because i i love those t-shirts because they're very unique and different mm-hmm. and that's why i um i like them uh so much so i got a bunch of t-shirts and then my mom came by and gave you a present yeah shout out to your mom and layla uh she came by and got me an ipad bitch i was like yes i got my own i don't gotta use yours yeah so um uh and like i said we didn't really do a lot because we actually had to do a recording with keith and the girl and our internet was acting um, stupid i don't know i don't am i gonna have to get a hold of somebody and be like bitch we pay too much for you to be fucking dragging yeah i don't know what's happening but our internet is just not cooperating right now um and it was just i don't know we'll, we'll have to figure something out we may have to call somebody or something mm-hmm. but uh you know for what we do we needed to work yes sir and i know there had been a bit of a delay sometimes when i was we would do shows from new york we kind of figured it out like mm-hmm. got it to a, a place where it works we, us being in the same place should make it easier to record and easier on the internet connection but still uh when we do shows with other people we, we can't have that huge delay but yeah, yeah. so you know if more things change the more things stay the same uh it's been a while since we did a show mm-hmm. you know so uh, we're a little rusty let me first say the official weapon of the show is the taser and the unofficial sport what about a bullet ball extreme 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 yeah um uh i guess you just quoted my quote-unquote birthday weekend because yesterday we did go out uh to eat and uh I yeah had, we went to co i love that place yes have been in a long had time some good sushi yeah some sushi uh some spicy udon noodles some spicy mm-hmm. chicken udon noodles like it is really really good there and uh uh i did drink i had me uh i like they uh sake they have flavored sake and they got pineapple and i was like give me the large bitch give me two larges i guess i was drinking so hard she was like you know what let me go ahead and give you a real pineapple (laughs) so i was just eating pineapples and having myself a good old time all right uh the last episode we did officially was 
uh episode 2686 a fish called lazarus that was the 19th of march so you know it's been a few weeks uh like about two or three weeks since we did a show so a lot has happened i'm mm-hmm. back home uh game theory season two is rap is a rap we, yeah. we did that Yay. you know i definitely plan to give y'all some details karen came back up to new york we yeah that's what things. that's one reason why we took time off i just wanted we just wanted to kind of just chill and uh spend time with each other and, and uh you know me i went i went out of the sightseeing and we did manage to put out um a couple of premium shows and stuff uh a couple movie reviews we saw you know shazam fury of the gods together we saw uh john wick chapter four together so you know those reviews are in your feed and all that stuff and like i said i did plan on talking about that stuff and i'm sure i will talk about it but that was before the race war broke out all right those were the plans for the show it's gonna be a nice trip down memory lane might not talk about that many current events just get y'all caught up get everybody back to speed let everybody know we're back on on the show but apparently motherfuckers love women's college basketball again or some of y'all for the first time um and you know it's it's fitting we did a deep dive this this year about the ncaa women's tournament very educational i you know and that was the show i actually went to and um when we was there you i was listening and going i was like oh bitch i didn't know and there was some stuff all jokes aside and maybe you know people don't like women but you know i'm very ignorant to i i thought the shit ran the same but apparently it doesn't. I mean, I, like I said, that's my fault for just not knowing. But I don't feel bad because I know I'm not the only one that didn't know that, you know, the men's and women's tournaments and the way that they do them are not the same. They don't get pay. Women don't get paid at all. You know, men get pay and it goes into a bucket and then they reinvested and, and uh, you know, learned it not until this year. They couldn't even use March Madness in the women's tournament. Shit like that. Well, I'm going, oh, bitch, the fuck is this? yeah and that was like like i said you know something that uh i was very proud of being a part of that very proud of putting that episode out shout out to heaven and elena who are the two writers on that deep dive but you know like me heaven elena tommy i know we all pitched it mm-hmm. and we kind of like pushed for it and it really was a, a milestone to me for the show because it was an idea that wasn't necessarily bo's idea to do but we executed it so well that i think one we convinced him that it was that we could do it and that it was important to do right and he did a good job of doing it because i think we wrote something and pitched something and um and punched it up and every like everything you can do to make that thing work was done and i was so i like that that i'm more i'm proud of that like i wrote it myself even though i was just a a person that that was you know like adding on to what was already there by heaven and elena but i like that's how proud i am of it because i feel like that's that that was a a writer's show but the point being we've in that deep dive we talk about women's ratings have have gone through the roof and grown while men's college basketball and professional basketball ratings have declined mm-hmm. we talked about um you know the iconic coaches we talked about the you know the fact that players stay longer we mm-hmm. talked about um all this stuff and i think people got to see it on full display this year 
um because it it, it was popping and the men's tournament no offense to the, the the men who are playing or or the kids who are playing in it but it's just not hidden because you don't have the storied franchise uh, uh storied colleges that have the legacy to continue to like push and push and push so it's, yeah. it's not yeah. like kentucky <clears throat> duke carolina um what you know uconn's kind of a blue blood but people don't people don't really know those teams and those players like that right now right so the point being the women's game is giving us that iconic coaches players whose names we know stuff like that yeah and also you have to think too all jokes aside the way the men's tournament went all the big schools will put out and so it's like, well, a lot of their fan base is like, well, fuck it. Why the fuck I'm going to watch? My team ain't in it. That had a lot to do with the ratings, too. Yeah, that's what I just, that's what I said. When, when you don't see a Kentucky and UNC. So anyway, mm-hmm. my point being, all this stuff come to, came to fruition. And I've been rooting for South Carolina and Dawn Staley. Yes, like, sir. Um, I just love her get down. Me too. Like, the way she reps for black people, the way she reps for women, the way that like she is so cognizant of 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 every level of the game the way she pushes for the money all this stuff um and so so you know we're we're excited about this you know we love to see it Mm -hmm. and i'm watching these games more than i even did in the past because correct mostly because i'm not watching the men's games so it's really like man i want to watch some fun basketball and this ain't it i don't know these niggas right and the, and the and girls been balling so i was mostly watching south carolina play and you know I, south carolina be beating them down normally <sighs> and i had heard about caitlin clark yeah and i have watched a couple of her games but i'm not gonna lie to y'all the whole fucking time i watched caitlin clark the whole year i've been like yeah until she run up on Don Staley and South Carolina and them Gamecocks, and it's been to be a different story. Right. That's basically how I've been looking at it the whole time. Yeah. And, and I have to say, I have to say, I apologize to Caitlin Clark. I did not, I did not know, ma'am. I did not know. I I really thought that was just some shit she was doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Every, yeah. Every time you turn around, they was like putting her numbers and her stats i was like that bitch is balling like off in the distance you're like she's actually been balling on i him. had to hit her with the shack like i apologize i i was not familiar with your game i was not familiar so she gave south carolina that work 41 points yes she did she and not just 41 like bullshit points like they needed them points and there were times when like they were either down or just south carolina's putting the pressure on them and she would just drop a big bucket make the right pass whatever so but that's not why i fell in love with caitlin clark because i already know what most people thinking because you know and i'm not gonna knock y'all but you know y'all watch the game kind of like y'all watch boxing you know mm-hmm. it's a fight it's a fight between the black and the white if the black don't win we're gonna all jump in and that's a very simplistic way to look at sports and stuff and i can get with it it's, it's fun sometimes but i don't do that because it's mostly miserable ain't it though it's just i don't like doing misery 
and when it's just rooting for motherfuckers by their race you end up doing shit like rooting for deshaun watson and shit because he's a black quarterback so i just I, I i like to go by just like game yes i like certain people game i like the way they play the game i like the style of the game i love luka Doncic because i like the style of his game i don't give a fuck about how corny some of the people that root for him are right i don't know them people and i don't talk to them people same i watched the game and i love this motherfucker swag he talking that slovenian and giving you fucking buckets and i love that shit that business he's like half out of shape and still dropping 40 50 points on people come on and there's nothing you can do about it same reason i love joker's game like yes so my point being like i don't look at them and just be like white guy i look at them and be like can they ball or not that's all that matters to me can they ball and so caitlin what i like about her game she was talking shit mm-hmm. and what i like the most about it and this may seem like reverse but it's not i promise you she didn't stop talking shit just because it was south carolina right because i know white front-running motherfuckers like that that'll talk shit to like kansas or some shit then they run up on like a good black team and they be like mm, this is how i win i better concentrate today kayla was out there rubbing it in right she'll put salt in the wound like she was yes like, i ain't never scared and it didn't and for me that don't feel racial because no to me ball is ball so yes. like if you would talk shit to some white people it's racial when you don't talk shit to black people i, I used to play right. ball with these white kids that went to private school and they would talk cash shit to the other private school kids and shit but you bring a couple niggas from like park road park up in there and we start playing against these kids buttholes tight just yeah they, they don't have that you don't have that same energy like they just like and it wasn't like we were gonna come in there and beat them up or shoot them or just, it's just right. you start talking shit to that private school kid and all of a sudden you could just watch them wither away like damn yes. they ain't got it no they they there's something about the blackness and the attitude of the shit talking that they can't handle yep some people and aren't so, brought up like that they don't know how to handle like they could they could give it but they can't take it but caitlin seemed like she could give it and could take it right and so she was rubbing it in to south carolina mm-hmm. and especially as they got closer and closer to being like they obviously gonna win i said okay this white girl is hell this is some larry bird shit this is why niggas begrudgingly respect larry bird because yes, he'll talk shit to your face and it wasn't it wasn't no like i'm talking shit because you're black it's i'm talking shit because you checking me and i'm gonna right. give you buckets because i would give anyone buckets right and it's a part of uh the game and i think that particularly with the women's sports and how much it's growing and just you know sports in general you know, shit talking is part of the game. And when you have people on the outside or people that don't like that, they come in with their own agendas and you're like, well, bitch, this is part of the game. Like, you know, everybody go home and, you know, no hard feelings. Like, that's what it is. You know, if, if you're going to come out here and you're going to ball, ball. If, you know, if you ain't going to talk shit, don't never talk shit. But if you're going to talk shit, you need to be able to take the shit talking. But my problem became with this. So now we in the championship game. And they're playing against angel reese who you know is a lot of people's like she was on the list of like players of the year like i I think caitlin clark was on there um um the center from um uh what is alicia boss uh the the center from south carolina was on there um i think it's Aaliyah boston but whatever like it was a short list and angel was on there and lsu and kim mulkey there's a complicated history with kim but 
like they're winning Mm -hmm. they're you know and so they get to this final game and you could tell angel had circled this shit on the calendar like yeah i want caitlin yes i seen how i I seen how you get down yeah and i see i see you talk all that shit yes i don't even think it's out of some it might have been but i don't even think it's out of some level of solidarity with the black team of south carolina like i think Mm -hmm. people are gonna say that because that's an easy thing to say Mm -hmm. i just think and this is for as a person who talks shit playing ball it's just you see your kin folk out there i talk that i speak that oh you like to talk shit we gonna oh wait till i play you we gonna i'm gonna talk that noise too i'm ain't no back down to me so you hype yourself up and she was giving her that work and especially when it got close to the end of the game she did caitlin's own gestures back to caitlin pointing at the finger for the ring caitlin did that they'll put the hand in the face caitlin did that Mm -hmm. but all of a goddamn sudden all of a sudden the people that love caitlin love her and at minimum if they didn't love her i've never seen say a word about how she's classless right how she's a front runner how she's as keith overman called angel reese a fucking idiot but he's telling her to be classy you're a grown-ass man dog with a platform calling a college girl a fucking idiot but telling me about class so it clearly turned to a race war and i knew it was a race war because jl covan was on the wrong side of it immediately <laughs> like immediately like i said oh no like when emmanuel acho is writer than jl covan that's what you know you know that's his blind spot he's he was raised white but he <laughs> i see like i seen all this like class coming up and i'm like if you didn't say this shit when Caitlyn was doing it, right. keep that same energy. And if it, if it matters that it's the championship, let me tell you this. If you think Caitlyn Clark didn't talk shit in the championship because she's classy, you're a fucking idiot. Right. She didn't talk shit in the championship because she was getting her ass whooped. Yes. If she would have been on 15, yes, she would have been, been t- swagging all over the place. She would have been all over the goddamn court. What the fuck are we talking and about here? Not, and you're not going to hear her say no shit about how, like, you know it wasn't right how they did me i felt like mm-hmm. it was she's not because she is believing herself more than you do she don't want to be considered your wilting violet she doesn't want to be coddled she talks shit because she can he- take it right period yeah. and if she can't she the punk if she can't take it that's on her the same way you would a man the same fucking way this shit where we gotta protect the white woman from her own repercussions of her own actions is the most caring flip-flopping ass shit i ever seen in my life yes and it's also uh one of those things to where you know i don't know you know if she's if she'd be graduating soon or whatever but if it's something where south carolina she plays them again trust it's gonna be on the motherfucking well they all coming back to school because they all got COVID years so most of them most of these people we talking about coming right back to run this shit back including like well some people from south carolina leaving but most of them are coming back yeah i can see her the big name circling that shit on the list and, and i won't i got I'll, you next time all the smoke i'm gonna be watching so much women's college basketball next year regular season included i want to see the fucking smoke like they got me because this is what I'll be waiting on. I don't care about... I didn't start liking LeBron James until he didn't shake Dwight Howard in them hand after they lost to the Magic. This the kind of nigga you're listening to, right? I don't... I like the smoke. I like when Kobe told Smush Parker he don't talk to sorry people. 
i like that shit i like michael jordan making up an entire lie so he could get his man buckets and act like he, the man started it like this is the shit i'm into i like that shit because sports is the one place where you can be like a sociopath but it's productive right you know what i mean where it's like, and right. we love those stories but man when we see them and i think it's just the combination of patriarchal thinking sexism it's a bunch of isms and shit that lead to people being like we must protect this white girl we these big black girls are talking bad to her it's like yeah. when she was talking shit to the black girls two was, days ago it was motherfucking crickets and it's I'll, not just crickets it was this is what we love about her yes sportsmanship she was praised and 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 that's the part that comes out there when niggas be like what is racism putting a picture side by side going what's this the fucking difference all of a sudden nobody has a motherfucking thing to say and it's also you know uh, one of them things like i said for you talk shit you need to be able to take shit don't talk shit don't be out here swagging and shit if you cannot take it because that is also part of the sports too and also this is me uh uh you also have a lot of people like i said who don't really fuck with sports like that coming in not trying to fuck with their tender ass feelings going well, i wouldn't take that well bitch you don't play the sport either well they didn't they don't even watch the, they watch today but they don't really watch correct because i think a lot of these people want to admit it but they ain't been watching caitlin clark Mm-mm. and so they jumped to a white woman's defense just mm-hmm. you know <gasps> a white woman's feelings could be hurt they jumped to it right away and then as as the evidence rose in it's like they're you know it's the same twitter shit you always see i gotta double down now because i can't admit i'm fucking wrong right i can't admit i didn't know what i was talking about so now i'm i'm calling i'm calling college players fucking idiots but telling them to be classy because i'm keith overman dave portnoy is talking that shit dave the possible allegedly been accused of sexual assault portnoy bar the fucking barstool sports nigga talking about class what's and i'm sorry i i i typically try not to give the most basic takes on the show because i feel like we're above that and a lot of times there's nuanced shit Mm -hmm. not tonight not this one because she's a black girl that's why this is happening and i ain't seen a motherfucker explain it in In any any way that makes fucking sense for you to be on caitlin's dick but angel is out of pocket she she talked about it in the press conference after I'm, I'm i'm happy i mean all year i was critiqued about who i was nobody i don't yeah, yeah, yeah the narrative and, and for the record it wasn't they were shitting on her black women mm-hmm. i seen it too i seen it too there were black women shitting on angel because she wore lashes when she played like i seen that shit like yes yes like for lashes my nigga it's like it's been right it's not just yeah it's race is sex gender it's a bunch of shit but like it's been she ain't the right type of black girl right too i don't fit the narrative i don't fit in the box that y'all want me to be in i'm too hood i'm too ghetto y'all told me that all year but when other people do it y'all don't say nothing so this was for the girls that look like me, that going, that's going to speak up on what they, they believe in. It's unapologetically you. And that's what I did it for tonight. This was for the more than, it was just bigger than me tonight. It was bigger than me. Twitter is going to go in a rage every time. And I mean, 
I'm, I'm happy. I feel like I've grown, helped grow women's basketball this year. I'm super happy and excited. So I'm looking forward to right. celebrating in the next season. I'm sitting on the couch, you know, with my mom is here, my niece is here, Karen is here. We all watching. We all pulling for LSU. And it's it, it's the fact that Angel is so aware. And not just her, the other players, too. Mm-hmm. Because it was other people being like, hey, we see how you just out here disrespect the people. Well, now you're going to put some respect on our name. Yes, you're a great player, but dog, like, you go, you ain't going to act like we ain't nobody's. The same people that came in their pants for Michael Jordan's I took that personally clip. Yes. The same people are now telling me they like class. <laughs> what? What do that mean? What do it mean? Like, I like, you know what I like? I like motherfuckers that got that dog in them. And LSU had that dog in them, man. And honestly, Caitlin Clark got that dog in her. It ain't yes. even like a real talk. I don't, I don't even have no shade for her. I like that there's a Caitlin Clark. We need quote unquote villains. You need that. That's what make, that's why the men's basketball game suffering because low key, these dudes going one and done and shit they don't have time to stay there long enough to have a personality right to become a bad guy you don't have a tyler hansbro style player where it's like good enough to be good at college and to be a, a bad guy to people like right most of these dudes are one and done or not good enough for us to know they name. yeah or they playing overseas or like right. they're doing all, all, alternate things to get into the league so i like that shit man but yeah i saw this shit and was so goddamn disgusted today the way this shit broke down on almost completely racial lines mm-hmm. and i just don't get like the motherfuckers talking about some yes it's just that she did it at, at the right wrong time nigga when is the wrong time to be classless you know what i'm saying like when's the right time so caitlin did it at the right time or you mean the white time because when she did it it was okay and that in my heart of hearts i truly believe everybody that's saying that if caitlin would have been doing it this game they would have been they wouldn't have had no problem with it because no. when she did it against south carolina against don fucking staley's team it wasn't none of mention the class. You know what they was asking Don Staley after the game? They was asking her why her players got this rep of being barroom fighters and And she had to address that and shit. And she had to address that that racist bullshit. Do, do you have that clip? Uh, I could pull it up, but okay. um she had to address that racist ass bullshit mm-hmm. that that really ain't like that's not her her job as a coach is not to make the nice team right it's to make the team that wins when it was fucking bobby knight beating his fucking players and making them go out there and bully people come on that was just basketball just motherfucking basketball but but yeah it was it was so um it's it's the coded language of race is is so obviously happening oh yeah in in the game right now a lot of it's because people are you know just now paying attention to this game mm-hmm. and a lot of it is because the women's game is led by some outspoken people who um who have pushed forward so many causes that they're not afraid to speak on this like they still aren't blatantly coming out and just being like it's racism but they're they're doing enough to you for you to know like yeah it's about race okay the clip went away i know i'm pulling it up it's it's because it was a a link to an article okay um but yeah it was it was just so okay i found it it was it was just so like 
it's so obvious that people are just coming in with their hot takes uh based off of just the race and appearance of these players and these coaches and going from times other coaches your colleagues have sitting in that spot and talked about you all being bullies what's the truth about your team now number one that was a black man that asked that question and that's what we call an alley-oop okay that man <laughs> he was like i'm a, whenever my turn come i don't care if it's now the championship game i got a question he done heard what they said about this team and he just yes, was like coach i I feel like he said whenever her last press conference is for the season i don't give a fuck if it's a championship if it's round one i'm gonna ask her about this shit so she can pontificate and she did expound and of course it's possible there we go the truth about our team okay it's a good question it's like it's a good question i've been wanting to talk about these motherfuckers um we're not bar fighters we're not thugs we're not monkeys we're not street fighters um this team exemplifies how you need to approach basketball on the court and off the court and i do think that i do think that that's sometimes brought into the game and it and it and it hurts okay um, and I do think that some of, uh, I'm going to say it because I said I was going to say it, whether we lost or whether we won. Some of the people in the media, when you're gathering in public, you're saying things about our team and you're being heard and it's being brought back to me. Okay. And these are the people that write nationally for our, for our sport. So you can you cannot like our team, okay? You cannot like me, um, but when you say things that you probably should be saying um, in your home on the phone or texting out in public, and you're being heard, and you are a national writer for our sport, it just confirms, just confirms what what we already know. So. Watch what you say when you're in public and you're talking about my team in particular. Just watch what you say about our team because it's wrong. You you got young lives who are really, if you really knew them, if you really knew them, like you really want to know other players that represent this game, you would think differently. So don't judge us by the color of our skin, okay? Judge us by how we approach the game. And you may not like how we play the game, may not like it. That's the way we play. That's the way we, that's the way I coach. Not changing. We found success in it. And maybe some days, like today, we end up on the losing side of the the stick. But guess what? We live to see another day. We live to see um, to come back next year and try to do this again because I'm not changing, I'm not changing, but I hear you, I hear you, I hear you. So that was what she had to say, and it reminds me so much of um, uh, uh, Georgetown back back in in, in the day mm-hmm. when they would talk about like 
patrick ewing as a monkey and denigrate throwing bananas on the court and denigrate mm-hmm. these black players because of the style of play that they play which was clearly about you know the fact that these they were black and big and they were physical yeah and it was dominating and so in this game that we're that, that that this stuff is getting back to her and keep in mind she was talking about members of the media yes that that she said this shit was getting back yeah, to her they, that they said and they some of them probably looking her dead in the face and she was like well bitch i heard what you said yeah off the record quote unquote right you know and so she's talking about that and in this environment caitlin clark hero talking all this shit to all these people on the court we love her spunk tenacity and it, at the very least let's say you don't love it let's say some of you motherfuckers who are pretending to be so outraged you ain't never said nothing bad about her she didn't start doing this yesterday she been doing this shit the whole time yes she has. you ain't said nothing so don't miss me with the bullshit you know so uh yeah i, I just think in this environment to have the take that the black girl is classless for doing the same shit the white girl did 48 hours ago if you can't see it you are willfully being ignorant Mm -hmm. and don't be a tool of these motherfuckers dog and it's just competitive sports if it was a college men's team and the white and jj reddick was doing that shit and then in the fucking championship game danny green did it back we'd be like this was an iconic moment in sports we wouldn't be like, how dare he? JJ only did that during the Final Four. It's only bad if you do it in a game that's a championship. The Final Four is fine. Right, and the thing is, these are women that play a sport. They love the sport just as much as the men do. And they are like, bitch, I don't want to be coddled. I-, I come out here and play just like anybody else, and if I talk shit, I should have the right to talk shit just like anybody else. Right. Anyway, man, I love, I love that I will be back. This is honestly yeah this was fun this was fun and and this was with uconn going out early who knows what the final four looks like if if uconn got a stick i mean gino done one eleven of them things it ain't it, it ain't a given that anybody just running up on this fucking ring next year Mm-mm. so i'm definitely be back next year but yeah, yeah some of these niggas had me vexed today yeah and it, and, it, and it should be fun um um to uh watch and see and i'm like you i've i've, I've kind of paid attention but i'm gonna pay more attention mm-hmm. you know to the women and watch them play and, and follow the teams you know like south carolina i'm definitely gonna follow south carolina uh women's sports uh to watch uh them play so it, it should be uh fun uh also uh are, are you going to go on articles and all that type of stuff uh, I was going to, yeah, but uh sounds like you want to take it to different places. Your birthday, go ahead. Yes, yes. I wanted to talk about uh my trip uh to New York. Because, uh, you know, whenever I come back, we always talk about uh, my trip up there. I had a great time. Uh, For some reason, you sound quiet now. I and sound... I didn't change any settings. Do I need to talk louder? Yeah, maybe talk a little louder, but go uh, ahead. I didn't move nothing. No, no, no. Oh, you know what? Never mind. Keep talking. Keep talking. Okay. I know what it is. Go ahead. Oh, no problem. Um... I was going to talk about my trip uh, up there uh, to see you and stuff like that. I had a great trip up there uh, uh, to uh, to see you. It was really fun. Uh, uh, <laughs> this is the first time I've had uh, this problem. Uh, when uh, we got there, I um, got to the airport. I did like a night flight because I normally do like a first thing in the morning flight. I did like a, a night flight. I was like, yeah, I'm, you know, get there, you know, uh, you know, eight, nine o'clock, you know, stuff like that right after work, you know, and go up there. 
and um you know everything's good get on the plane sitting and you know everything's good all of a sudden do you need to stop because your face no keep talking i'm listening no problem and so uh we uh get on the plane and stuff and so the pilot he does the thing where he backs up and you know i was like okay we get ready to go then all of a sudden you hear the bing bing uh yeah a light came on and i was like but what you mean light came on yeah light came on i'm going to uh pull the plane back in and i was like okay bitch i'd rather light come on now than light come on later in the sky (laughs) so yes bitch pull your ass right on back in and so he pulled in and you know we sat there and uh the thing is i have the app on my phone and so anytime it's a delay on your flight uh your phone would ping because you know we're still on the ground and so uh he was like yeah uh they're coming you know they're gonna fix the problem but i said okay and also we got a ping you know it's gonna be 15 minutes then another 15 20 minutes we got another ping another 15 20 minutes it just kept pinging like like ping like four five times and so everybody just sitting there and just sitting there and they was like uh uh, uh yeah uh we're gonna have to change planes so i've never had this happen like change planes what the fuck that mean you know what would it mean we got change planes so we basically had to go to another uh pickup station and change planes and we actually beat the plane there so they basically so they basically had to had to go like you know how they do like oh let me let me go run in the back and grab another plane like you grab another car <laughs> <laughs> it's like we had to go we had to go go grab one of one of the planes in the back and so basically we had to uh uh wait for the plane to come which it didn't take that long but wait for the plane to come and then we had to wait for them to unload our bags off of one plane and reload the bags onto the new plane so we're just sitting there watching this stuff and um and they the plane was basically identical to the other plane so you basically sat in your same seats and so um for me and, and i guess because i try to be very patient when i fly if i'm impatient i'm impatient with myself i'm not really actually impatient with other people around me you know and it's one of those things i'm looking a i, I don't want no malfunction while we're in the air so so bitch i'm glad you pulled your ass back in uh we're getting another plane so i'm fine with that too we got the way bitch i don't care i want to get there motherfucking safe a lot of people <sighs> every time we got to the range the whole plane you hear people moan i was like child i'm safe yeah i never understood that we talked about that in the past but i do not understand the people that get mad and impatient with the plane when there's an issue like like you're not about to be thousands of feet in the air i'd rather we had this issue on the ground and change a plane and move be a couple hours late i just rather do deal with that shit than you know huff and puff and they give in to the pressure and be like well we get, someone's gonna get upset and then would have the wing fall off halfway over baltimore and now it's like damn wish we would have took that two hours mm-hmm. I, I, I was like take all the time you want i just indeed i was uh texting Roderick and his mama you know just to let them know oh and also uh uh they have ways which i found a lot of neat apps i think eventually i'm going to talk about like things i've learned traveling for people to travel like it's this app that can actually follow your plane in real time where you can actually put the flight the 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 uh airport airline and flight number of uh, it's called flight aware everybody yes and you can actually put in there so it will tell you if the flight's delayed it'll tell you if the flight's on time or behind 
it actually tells you like it's like maybe a minute behind but as the plane is flying in the air you can see it'd be like updated three seconds ago updated 30 seconds ago and shit like that so i do that for for roger and his mom and them to let them know you know where i am and you know and shit like that let them know i take <laughs> off and stuff like that and uh so like i said i didn't have no problem i instead of getting there like eight or nine i got there closer to midnight with, and i was fine with that uh getting there and i had a, a great time then the next day i uh went to uh central park and uh i had a great time at central park i actually walked it was a 25 minute walk i didn't mind walking uh in uh in new york i actually feel safe like i said because of where we were and uh so i went to central park i did the horse and the buggy and shit like that i went around it was just me the dude he gave me the price and he was like uh yeah i was like um uh, I got it. I got it. It's, it's, you're going to be carrying around like a princess. It's going to be me and you, sir, me and you. And the dude was so nice. Probably one of the easiest trips he had, honey. I got out. He let, take, take, took pictures of me all over the place. It was just me and him taking pictures. And so I had a great time uh, doing that. And um, uh, going around the city, uh, your mama, she uh, called me, honey. I was walking on my way to Central Park because one thing about me, I'm not going to sit around. I was like, nope, mm-mm, mm-mm. I got, I got to see the big city. Got to see the big apple. And I still got some other stuff on my list that I, uh, want to do. Uh, but I definitely had a great time in Central Park and I enjoyed doing a horse and buggy and going around and learning all types of facts about Central Park. Mm-hmm. I, something I did not know about this. Everything in Central Park is man-made, but the rocks at the ground. I was like, what? He was like, yep, every single thing. He said, from the trees to the lake, everything around here. If the rock come up the ground, we ain't put it there. <laughs> he said, but everything else, he said, we put there. Oh, and I also went to Central Park Zoo, which is fun. Um, it's a small zoo. It was a lot smaller than I thought it would be, but it was actually really fun just to kind of go around, uh, 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 and stuff like that. Uh, next time I want to go to some of the other zoos that I live further out, and I want to go to the aquarium, which was a little further out. I didn't go to it because it was a little further out. But I definitely uh would like to do uh that. And uh uh the next day uh went to see uh uh Bomani, uh that 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 show. I had a great time. Uh I Well, think- before you get to that, Thursday night we actually went um and saw Super Video Bros. Yes. It's a it's a it's a comedy um it's a comedy show with uh dylan um who y'all know from the dylan one mm-hmm. um uh mike brown from comedy outliers and ariel who's a person that i we just met through this mm-hmm. um and they co-host it and what they do is they take videos they, they have a theme they take music videos and get them off of youtube and they scroll and they give like commentary and make jokes it's kind of like you know um mystery science theater but with videos yes and i had a great time it wasn't a lot of people there but it was because it was their first time performing the show in this new venue as qed um and you know i think i saw dylan promoting it on on his instagram and I DM'd him and was like, hey, are y'all doing the show? You know, what's going on? Like, where do I get tickets? Cause I, I was having a hard time on the QED website finding how to get tickets, but I figured it out. Um, and, uh, we went to, to see, uh, to see them and we had a great time. Yeah. QED is run by, I believe, Cambry Cruz, who's married to, uh, Christian, um, uh, Finnegan 
who y'all would know as chad from the mad real world sketch um and uh they like he wasn't there too and if you listen to keith and the girl Mm -hmm. you definitely know and so we were you know (laughs) in qed the space that we've heard so much about on podcasts and comedians Mm -hmm. and we had some very strong good drinks and strong though uh and then we watched the show and the show kind of has some level of audience participation uh and and karen was just going od you know super loud extrovert yelling at every single uh, thing ah, you want to crowd participation trying to this is before they even told us they need to crowd participation it was just <laughs> she was just yelling out trying to be part of the show and <laughs> doing her thing but she wasn't alone there were other people in the audience that and were also it. the table behind us was also there so i don't know how many of us it was it didn't feel like it was a lot of us but we made it a lot of us we made it sound yelling. like a lot of us because i was like oh because uh, i was by myself didn't somebody else i was like oh so we're doing this let's go so i had a uh uh i had a, a great time and that was our first time seeing uh well you've met him before but i never got to see mike brown right uh, but our first time met, meeting dylan so it was wonderful to meet them like face and ariel face. Yeah. and ariel and the other thing is they let you pick videos so i this is a show i suggest if you're in new york and you can get a ticket um you can find the time to make it out there i suggest you go see it because it the artist participation part is is dope it's a cool idea and then also you get to pick videos for them to break down and if they pick your video they'll play it and make fun and i picked uh mighty casey's white girls yes and i i don't think they was ready for that because it was women's history month yes and (laughs) as a theme and man they had so many good jokes i they said stuff about the video i hadn't even noticed before Mm. I, I fucking forgot after uh, years of not watching, uh, it's been years since I watched BET cut that there's a whole ass black girl in the video for some reason who clearly didn't know it, either didn't know what the song is about or is a young, is a young Candace Owens. I don't know which it is, but she was in that whole video just chilling with them white, them very basic average looking white women and then this black girl. <laughs> so very, just such a fun time, uh, doing that. We had, we had a, ball and that was really really fun yeah because i said you want to go like sure let's go so we actually had a yeah we were gonna see john wick that thursday but instead we did an audible and i'm glad we did and i had a great time and i'm so glad i got to meet them face to face uh then we did the tape in the next one yes so we did the tape in which was actually really fun and uh whenever we uh do uh, whenever i go to the tape in and maybe this is just a mental thing i'm always like super early you know, whatever time they say, I'm like 15, 20 minutes before time, cause it's, it's already people lined up. But I'm normally like the first person like in that front seat, cause I'm like, oh, I'm super early. I keep, I don't know why I surprise the shit out of myself, but I do. And so, I was sitting there and, uh, uh, waiting on other people, and as people, uh, came in, uh, I seen, uh, I don't remember his name, but like a fan of the show, he was like, Karen, I looked up, I was like, oh, somebody, I was like, somebody recognizes me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I told him we could take pictures. I'm sorry I didn't get to take a picture with you, baby. I, I, I didn't get a chance to come back down. Um, but, um, it was really fun sitting down there and, uh, I, uh, the lady that they initially sat beside me was if you uh, watched the show at the end, it was like a grandma when she was telling her, hey, uh, it's on this channel. She was like, what app is it on? 
that lady she was actually sitting beside me i didn't know that was her at the time but she was that's do because this is project to show she was sitting beside me and she had her friends they was older we were just talking and having a good time and um keith and himda and xerxes came so i uh moved from where i was to sit over there with them and we had a great time at the show great yeah himda got up and was a volunteer for warm up uh the crowd where they ask you to like lip sync a song and hers was beyonce's mm-hmm. uh it was crazy in love now they pick the same two songs every time it's oh, see, I didn't know bitch that. better have my money and crazy in love uh <laughs> and uh we and it's, it's funny because like not everybody knows the words to all of them mm-hmm. when you find somebody that does like what a couple times we had like people that was huge beyonce fans yes. and they were like doing the choreography and yes. everything and uh rihanna of course don't have choreography uh, <laughs> she gives you what you get and you will love it every, um, every bit of it yes I, yes ma'am but the song is so iconic and simple that everyone always knows all the words and, and acts it out so yeah, yeah that was fun and, and what, uh, to see her get out there yeah what was funny uh because we we split it up inside in so it was like teens and so on the other side, he uh, picked a, 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 a young lady, and uh, she was like, I'm quiet. They played that song, boy. She broke all out her shell. And it was just fun just to mm-hmm. watch her kind of go at it, and everybody was just standing up and clapping. I really liked the fan uh, participation and things like that and uh, 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 interacting, you know, with us and making jokes and things like that, like the, pre, the pre-stuff uh before uh Bomani comes out and i really uh enjoy uh those uh types of things and i actually enjoyed the show enjoyed the taping and enjoyed everything and afterwards uh we got to i got to go and see bo and uh uh chill with him for a little bit and uh i actually had a really i actually enjoyed that day that day was fun yeah so i think uh that was a good time um and afterwards we went to the gin mm-hmm. uh with some of my coworkers, and then we went and saw john wick four which, which was a lot of fun uh yeah it was amazing uh we reviewed it already mm-hmm. um and then saturday we went to stick a pole in it now for those i think i talked about it on the show before when i went with chris lambert where chris was performing i didn't even know what kind of show it was i just knew he would be doing stand-up which is what i came for but it turned out to be like a whole thing where like he does stand-up and there's a pole dancer between and it was molly cyrus that night this night it was led zeppelin Mm -hmm. and it was comic goes up and then boom pole dance uh him that and xerxes met us out there yes um we didn't get to sit together because i didn't know it at the time but like so if you get seats at the bar it's like reserved for you if you get seats in any other area it's kind of like a general seating situation okay even though then i it was kind of confusing because like some of the seats was like general some was like some type of vip like a little extra and because we didn't really know where each other was gonna sit it just kind of ended up with us sitting apart no problem yeah. for me i mean to yeah. be honest i'm very bad in loud settings yeah I, anyway I, I so like where we were sitting there was actually great seats like i can't i can't i'm not a person that can really be heard you hear you hear my voice right now i can't be heard yelling over led zeppelin to make a joke right and i'm the kind of person that needs time it needs timing and you need to be able to hear me make the joke so me it just it just ends up with people looking at me going huh and then 
huh and then nodding like they heard what i said but they didn't mm-hmm. but then they're doing me the favor of the joke time has passed so so it really wasn't (laughs) like i'm glad that we sat apart just because it was it was less pressure on them to not just sit and enjoy the show right and and less pressure on me to be yelling telling horse feeling like i gotta say something clever and so we just watched the show uh from our vantage point but what'd you think of it karen because i know what i said what i thought about it the first time but what'd you think oh i had a ball um i did not know what to expect but i had a really good time and one of the comedians was from uh what's mccall them show uh drunk black history mm-hmm. uh one of the comedians was on uh the last simeon goodson yes yeah, simeon goodson he was on there so if very you, funny dude he's a very funny dude man like when, at drunk black history one i was drinking but two i was backstage so i couldn't really get to like fully take in his set and i really wanted to because i've been following him on instagram and facebook for a long time but man getting to like see him do his thing oh my god man that dude is so fucking funny dude oh my god he was hilarious yeah i I actually had a, a good time it was a lot of jokes uh and uh we talked about this before but it kind of felt like graduation for for the performers uh and the thing is they had like pasties and thongs and stuff so i really didn't know what to expect so i was like okay it's a pole i like like i know i'm gonna get pole dancing but i ain't know what type of pole dancing so it was like oh we're gonna get pole pole dancing so they're like swinging around a pole i mean the core is on point and you know a lot of them invite their families and friends and so they were getting crunk which actually made a big difference i was like oh this is what it is like people come to see certain people well it's more the thing for me is the vibe is more like a recital than than and i don't mean it like it's just not attempting to be only about sex it is sexy obviously you know these are very fit people doing a bunch of fucking like pole dancing and 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 skimpy outfits don't get me wrong but it's not like what you think when you hear the turn the pole dancing and i think it's also because there's comedians between them mm-hmm. so you it's like if it was just 25 minutes straight of women pole dancing to led zeppelin i think you get a completely different vibe but every five minutes you got to break it up for eight minutes of comedy and the comedians are very funny and so it's not just the eight minute it's the comedy is making you laugh and then it's here comes a pole dance so it's it's like sexy it's uh him to describe it the best where it's a great date night and i think date night what people are thinking is because it's gonna turn you on you're gonna want to fuck it's gonna be an orgy after and it's like not in that way it's just fun and only a fun person would enjoy it a kind of go along with the vibe have a good time type of personality of all types would enjoy that but a person that's very rigid stick in the mud they wouldn't enjoy it and so it definitely will tell you who's cool and who's not yes and also i learned some things uh every time somebody would uh go on a poll the while the comedian was telling jokes you would have like a, a lady behind him actually wiping the pole down which yeah I didn't know the, not the did. comedian but when the host would come on yes yeah. but when the host would come on yeah. you would have uh somebody her whole job was to actually wipe the fingerprints and and it's hosted and so it's hosted there's a it's put on by a married couple the husband typically closes 
um and his wife does the hosting joanna okay i think they're married joanna and dan and so what's interesting about it that i noticed is like going last as a comedian because i think the last thing is the comedian not the pole dancing and you would think oh man he gets the clothes what's on but it's like low-key that's the he's kind of taking a blow for the rest of the team because everybody's cashing their checks out they got a hard out of a certain time everybody's getting their shit right people in the audience you know talking to the dancers because the dance the whole dancers literally come into the audience and talk to their friends yes still wearing the same shit hey they girl, were on stage i'm glad in. you came how you how you doing how you doing tony i'm glad you came to see me and so it was really uh a, a different uh vibe like i said it felt like a recital like it, it was really cool and and as the each performer went you can tell they kind of were more athletic Mm-hmm. because like each after each performer went you could tell they went higher like they were doing more tricks and and doing all types of stuff that i had personally i you see it on tv but i've never seen it in real life yeah honestly <laughs> it sounds so funny to say but and i'm sure it's the same in like a magic city or something where they have like the huge poles and the athletic women but you low-key because you're not tipping you're not like throwing money at them like a magic city you end up clapping just because the athleticism yes it's like someone gets on there and does like a fucking 720 spin upside down and you can't even tell what they're using to hold the pole because the way that they're holding it looks like they're fucking floating you just end up clapping the way you clap for like a motherfucker that just dunked on somebody or uh you the way you clap for like uh someone that that just did a long distance jump that's how you end up clapping you're like oh you shot that from the free throw line i mean because one of the things we're like i know i couldn't do that shit and so it was just really really um fun just to watch them uh do that into it like right it really looks like they're floating and some of them went like up to the top and was coming down and it was going around the pole it was something that you see it in real life and see it on tv almost just don't do it justice i don't know if that makes sense i just think when you see it in certain i don't think it's i just think when you see it in different aspects it's sexy because that's all it is Ah, right. the, you know it's just and and not and it's not about athleticism or nothing else is if you watch a movie or something there's pole dancers and it's almost like we're in a sex club and they got pole dancers and techno music Th- this was a little bit different but it, they were still sexy and all that shit but it was just super fun um the next day we went to the empire state building yes um and we went with ray sonny yes we did we had a great friend time. of the show friend in real life ray sonny yes. um and she had never been to the empire state building even though she's born and raised in new york yeah she was like i've never been i was like oh word i was like well we're about to have a good time because you because like i i have the energy of a five-year-old when i see new shit i'm like oh we seeing new shit let's go yeah and it was fun to like see it with her and for her to get to like have fun like you know like really absorbing it in because you know karen's gonna do that and y'all know me i'm chill so it's like i don't necessarily get hype but i don't block nobody's hype i'm not a downer i'm not like calm down everybody you're being loud i'm like yeah it is fucking awesome like yeah we're high in the sky looking at the city and it's fucking crazy like I, I just because i'm not walking around with that tone of like oh my god you know but karen and, and ray were were doing all that stuff and 
you know who you married <laughs> it's a very interactive thing too because like they have <laughs> they have all these videos and stuff from back in the day where there's reenactments or actual video footage they've enhanced from the 19 whenever it was mm-hmm. built and uh <laughs> as we're going up the elevator looking at it i just said to uh i think i said to ray i don't remember who else was in there but i was like we're probably looking at the first thing in america that white people built themselves <laughs> i told bo that too he said there's something to that because <laughs> i'm like <laughs> bruh this like if i don't you didn't see no black folks Mm-mm. in this entire right. fucking uh display Not with them skyscrapers or nothing and mm. i know that white union was was motherfucking racist as shit you know they wouldn't let no niggas get no contract so Mm-mm. just the one thing like everything we didn't build in even the white house yeah. black people built this the one they they got one hit you know maybe they got a couple others because at that time period they were building a lot and right. they were probably racist and not letting black people work because like pay them no they built the white house for free you know what i'm saying but ah! but man it was so fun watching that old timey shit yes. and they have like a king kong display yes um like all the iconic movies that have been filmed mm-hmm. there um it's just such a it was a fun time we like went to the top went walked around on the outside yes, and, and it was cool to see uh, uh ray sonny point stuff we was talking and uh, uh one thing i do love about new yorkers boy they'll tell you about new york we was like which way is this uh, a dude turned around he was like oh yeah that's such 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 i was like thank you like, thank you yeah very these much. niggas were so happy to know some shit that yes! we didn't know because like, oh, ray was asking questions and obviously we don't know the answers mm-hmm. we're not from there but she would be like yeah i wonder where new jersey is because i think it might be this way and then it's like random white people just turn around and be like well actually new jersey is to the southwest so if you go across to the the other side of the building you'll see it from there and i was like okay cool but yeah like seeing everything from that vantage point was just so cool i really suggest everybody do it Mm -hmm. it's like a cool way to see new york um it's a cool way to like kind of appreciate the whole like um, just the the city and what it and all the parts of it and all the boroughs and yes, stuff because you can literally see all majority of the boroughs so it was really neat yeah uh to look out uh and to see and we was going out there right when the sun was going down it was absolutely gorgeous and then we ate at a mexican restaurant and drank a lot of drinks and uh ate a lot of uh chicken and fish tacos tacos yeah that i actually like that place this place was really good and uh uh, uh we must have did some serious drinking because the lady was like the d's on me i was like how much did we drink we drunk enough right. for you to be like uh yeah uh this on me i was like oh we paid for these eight times already probably right and so they had to te- they had to show me how to do the shots because i didn't know i was supposed to suck on the line <laughs> they was like suck on the line i was like well shit, i don't know so we had a good time with ray and then mm-hmm. karen had an early morning flight out so then she left but uh yeah man it was it was super fun um it was good seeing everybody like keith him to ray it was good seeing all uh xerxes it was good seeing them um uh karen got to hang out with bo a little bit back behind the scenes um uh but she had to take like a super duper COVID test and stuff so she couldn't come say bye to everybody and then also like that was the second to last episode for some reason i feel like people thought that was the last episode or something yeah because or that no i'm sorry they thought karen was gonna be here from that point to the last episode yeah and uh no she was just there 
for that one episode so people kept saying like oh man you know uh the last episode i could meet karen i was like she's gone so <laughs> they thought my trip was longer because <laughs> the last season i came for like the last episode i think yeah all right but uh i did meet Raphael. uh i met jim um who i've been seeing her on instagram and i feel like she's always living her best life living her best shit. life uh so it's cool to get to talk to her and uh rafael didn't try to sell me no nfts for now uh ah! i met a, the dude a dude that's like uh from the black podcast association um like uh it was it was just hella hella cool to get to see and meet people um, yeah, I'm sorry they didn't get to see y'all because people would hit me up going, can I see? I was like, baby, I, I'm back at home. They was like, oh, I was like, yeah. I'm sorry, y'all. I didn't get to stay as long. And the show went off well. Like, um, final episode we recorded on Thursday night, which was different than obviously our normal schedule. And then we all went out to this Italian place where they gave us hors d'oeuvres and it was this chicken parm and, uh some type of shrimps and all this shit and we just ate that um for a while i packed that night uh <laughs> i ended up i mailed a couple boxes home but i actually ended up leaving some shit in the airbnb because i was like fuck it oh lord it didn't fit in my suitcase it was uh, i mean what was i gonna do okay and i had to make choices so choices. I, your decisions were made let's just say rack room shoes will be seeing me tomorrow i need new <laughs> basketball shoes ah! um and and they were just like shirts that got old or faded or something i was like well they they belong to the streets now (laughs) um (laughs) uh and then of course every time i'm in an airbnb i always end up leaving some shit for the next person because i'm there long enough to be like should i sweat it out for 90 days or do i want a fan so i bought a fan and i bought a nice amazon fan with a remote so somebody gonna have that next time they rent that place out sir i I don't blame you so you know it's one of those things you're like well i'm here i'm i'm if it was two or three days that's one thing but like you said you're there longer than you're like i need some comfort right right Right. but uh yeah so that was i'm sure there's stuff i'm leaving out about my own experience and maybe we'll get to it i'm i'm saying it because i don't know off the top of my head uh maybe we'll get to it over the next few shows or whatever as i think about stuff that happened in new york and stuff i know the elevator was out for a while um some motherfucker told the apartment people i was smoking in the apartment or they thought somebody was smoking in there but the thing is one i don't really smoke and this one had a balcony so if i smoke weed or something i just go on a balcony why would i fucking smoke it in the now that i can do it outside i go outside you know Mm -hmm. Um, i did like that balcony that balcony was beautiful to sit out there and chill mm -hmm, but then when the weather's good yeah and and then after a while though i actually started doing weed gummies so i wasn't smoking at all you know so i don't even know what that was about i was (laughs) it was funny they like texted and emailed me about it and i emailed them back like you know what's funny i smell the smoke too because i'm not i'm not the one smoking right i just have been thinking it was like the other person on the floor and not my fucking business right you know i was like okay i guess because it always smelled like weed it never smelled like cigarettes i was like because it's a different people odor. probably rent this airbnb out they smoke weed because they're in new york city and they're living their life and then you just mind your business that's the main thing i liked about new york is most people just mind their fucking business you yeah, just mind your business and you move on mm-hmm 
but um yeah those those are like the main things i remember oh also actually there is one thing okay i got fucked up on on the, the the thursday night i didn't mean to get that fucked up and it would really more like thursday during the taping now what i'm saying is <laughs> what i mean is so i'm i we get there i'm doing my job how you supposed to do it you know and i've i've very proud of the job i did because i was asked to do a more this season and i and i was able to do it mm-hmm. um now i never had any doubt i could do it but i'm not a i don't force myself into places so if people don't think i'm a person to put in a position i don't advocate for it because i'm if you tell me shoot corner threes i'm shooting corner threes right if you tell me get in the paint i'm getting in the paint now you if you a good coach you look at me and go damn this nigga can get in the paint he can shoot corner threes he can play defense we got to put the offense in his hands or something you know a good coach would do that but there's also coaches that are like i like such and such player better and i don't like running that kind of offense just shoot your corner threes so i'm comfortable doing whatever right but i was in a position to do more this year and there were some times where like i really stepped up and i made a conscientious effort to step up because the other thing i'm not going to do is shrink down right so just because i'm not trying to take nobody's shine don't mean that i'm dulling my shine Uh, and if you got a problem with that that's literally on you but i hope and pray that we work with people that are mature enough that they see somebody that has talent and they wouldn't be weird about it because when i see that they got talent because we got some talented motherfuckers up there yes, I, do. I don't never feel a way when somebody else get they shit in there and i don't i don't be like god what the fuck like i'll be happy for them yep. when i see somebody stepping up i i love it because everybody stepping up make everybody else step up so right. in this case we had a couple things happen and like the week before one of the head writer zach he got sick so oh. he couldn't come into work and okay. he's trying to work remote but he was like going through it and so i had to step up in some areas where like i ran a couple meetings for the writer's room like i had this idea um about halfway through the season i had it i kind of had it before but we had a meeting halfway through the season to check in and i said whenever we do that i'm gonna suggest this idea and my idea was we should do a meeting before we do our meeting with Bo, and it should just be writers only and we should pass around ideas cook up funny stuff present the ideas to Bo, so that we're one we're prepared but two we're already in a jamming creative mood and the vibe is it's not so so cold yeah because it's hard to warm up especially if like Bo is having to do some shit remote or Bo is like been on the stroll you know (laughs) as i refer to it you know he's out there pulling up his leg pants showing a little leg because he gotta go on yeah he gotta go promote he gotta be on the 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 late night show he gotta be Mm -hmm. on the daily show with marlon he gotta be on morning joe Mm -hmm. he gotta like he he gotta show his face at the premiere of succession like this 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 motherfucker is taking a toll on him as it would any of us correct and so when he's can't be there because he's zooming in because he's tired or whatever and or or he is there but his energy is down because it's just it's a lot of fucking work and we're asking him to like give us friday energy on a tuesday after he done worked all weekend keep doing this podcast all this shit so anyway my point being 
sometimes it would feel a little dry because he's we're he's not able to get up his energy and we're not matching his energy and we're not really bringing energy to the room because we're coming in cold so that meeting i think changed a lot it made our topical better and for certain people brains ticking and for certain writers they struggle it's like every writer has different strengths right and so some writers and this was me last year I, sometimes i struggle off the top of the head stuff but i would be once i got in my room and sat down i'll be like oh this is what i could say this is what we can do but presenting that idea in person fighting for it whatever it's harder than it looks right and so there were some writers they will have brilliant ideas either on paper or if you sat down and talked to them in the office and just talking to them one-on-one but then in the meeting they might not present the idea or they might not feel like confident in it but when we had that pre-meeting i know the idea so now we in the in the meeting and i'm like yo this writer said this thing earlier hey this writer you want to tell bo about the idea and they able to explain it better yes. and it changed the whole vibe like people like you could you could kind of feel like people relaxing and being like oh okay so these people is people do care and honestly like you gotta sometimes i think at least the way i looked at my role being now a veteran writer on this staff Mm -hmm. part of it is you have to push for other people it can't just be about your ideas and you getting shot and i'm the greatest your team because if i if we if i have my way i want everybody to come back and i want us to add some more Mm -hmm. and and i want them to be more confident than they were last year just like i was and i want them to look out for the younger and or the newer writers the same way i'll do and you know there you know and you i think it's important not to like flex on it or try to like pat myself on the back i'm saying this makes us all better and i want everyone to do it like if there's a, a writer that has an idea they keep getting spoken over like sometimes i'll be like hey i got something and when everybody pays attention to me i'll be like go ahead um can you tell them what you were about to tell say because y'all keep talking over this person right and clearly even if the idea is a dud it's important they put the idea out because whether it's a dud or whether it's great pitching is the job so some of these you're gonna miss but if you take no shots people just start looking at you like do you even give a fuck so anyway all that stuff to say like zach's out so I, I got to like run that meeting kind of thing i got to be like in the room make some creative choices like pitch some ideas call a couple balls and strikes you know like um it, it felt really good to be able to like do that because i don't think i could have done that last year um and then for the so for the final show like i said i stepped up i did all my shit but for the final show we had four days we're doing it on thursday night and so we come in we do our you know i've I've mailed off my boxes and stuff i got everything ready i'm ready to rock and roll i'm I'm in there you know every and everyone's gotten so good this last episode i feel like everybody's shit was just hidden like i like i was pitching stuff i don't even know how much i i feel like i only got a little bit of stuff in there but in a good way right like everybody was, so shit was killing it wasn't no yeah. like i was like that's good that's better than my shit <laughs> you know plus when you're doing so much in the other room it's hard to do like the alts and all the stuff that they ask you to do right because i'm in there also helping to make like creative decisions or finessing certain language or whatever you know 
and so um or just even if they just want to hear my opinion they might not even it might not even be nothing to say like they right. they got it figured out and and it's the last show it's kind of like last day of school and mm-hmm. uh, and then there's always other shit i can't know who's who got conflicts about this who right. don't like this who's got yeah. personal issues so anyway we get through the rewrite which means next thing only step left after this is for bo to go out and do the show mm-hmm. so people start celebrating we drink for net on friday is, is tradition bullshit. on show day we drink a little for net uh, which is tastes like uh it tastes like if you Sour took grapes. essence of lavender oil and mixed it with kerosene that and so shit tastes terrible the first time i had that shit i gave it to the plants fuck that shit that shit was terrible but it's a tradition and it grows on you and it felt good that the rest of the writers were drinking it because that's what happened last season i hated it i hated it and then by the end of the season it was like it's a rite of passage you drink a little sip of fernet on friday or whatever and but it's, it still tastes terrible it's always gonna taste terrible uh and then to start this season i bought a bottle of fernet for the room <laughs> and tommy was so excited because he's the that's he's the his jam guy. yeah we call it that tommy so that tommy. we end up in the room chilling there's really nothing left to do but go to the show they pull out the fernet my man jay jay snow he gets some patron he's a tequila guy oh shit so i came up with the bright ass idea because i had some raspberry ginger ale I said, I'm gonna mix some Fernet with some Patron and throw in a splash of raspberry ginger ale. Call it, I call it the game theory. <laughs> oh no! Guys, when I tell you, and keep in mind, I, we weren't filming in the morning. So normally when this happens and we're drinking, you're drinking we we film in the morning we start doing everything at eight you're drinking somewhere around like one o'clock or so you're about to have lunch and then you get some food at the gym i was drinking i forgot it's now three four five in the afternoon i haven't eaten shit all day Yeah, because you don't do breakfast i fucking forgot to eat i i hit that shit the first one and i was like "Ooh, one tastes better than i thought once you add the ginger ale and the um i wake up patron you like "Mm -mm, i'm good (laughs) and then the second then i said you know what it wasn't that bad i actually you know i'm gonna do another one with nothing on your tummy that was and that was where i fucked up everybody i was gone yeah now the good news is i've never been drunk around these people oh my god they love drunk rod oh my god they were <laughs> they love drunk rod huge fans they were like thank you for getting drunk on the last day um <laughs> the whole taping i was just over there giggling making jokes everyone was cracking up um and then uh afterwards i got a uber uh, the the 10 blocks it takes me to i had to get a uber i was like i don't feel comfortable even walking back i'm 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 gone (laughs) and this was like a like that shit lasted long and i drank a whole lot of water between like the taping and going back to the airbnb and i knew i had to pack 
but woo woo that gang theory put you on your ass fam i'm just telling you uh, on the empty stomach yes and then when i got there i finally was eating and then it was hors d'oeuvres so of course it took me like 12 plates to get ah! the, the right amount of food to to make the alcohol balance out but within like probably an hour of being there i started feeling like myself again and uh i ended up um going uh going like back to the airbnb you know spoke that i spoke to everybody took pictures and selfies with everybody i posted the video of it on my instagram yeah, i like the pictures they were cool yeah i'll post pictures later um at some point i'll post pictures from the whole thing i, I know y'all there's still photos of, of me with all these people but um but yeah man it was a great time you know i you know people were really saying some very kind things to me um about just my role in the season my role in the room yeah, my role in the... a certificate oh we had an award <laughs> this is different okay we bad. had an award show put on by the sga the student government association of game theory not the student government association which That's is like hilarious. the younger the younger people uh and uh they gave everybody awards and mine was most popular or most famous and then you get a trophy that says you win and there's a whole presentation uh now how i'm the most famous but it's game theory with bo monty jones <laughs> i don't know i don't know uh i guess technically he wasn't there at award day so maybe that was it uh <laughs> maybe they had to bypass him and james also stand-up comedian tons of followers on the instagram same thing for sydney castillo like i i, I guess with you rod they would say most famous because they were like literally everybody from all the departments know you you got people giving you pins and shit going well, you- i did hear that i came in second for person like they had the um people's choice awards i almost got person of the year i came oh, in shit. second to thomas who is the the man who does runs the office like go get her stuff and all that like you need a problem he'll fix it no matter what it is so i lost to thomas but honestly it's like if I gotta lose to anybody, losing to Thomas can't hurt my feelings. Right. Great guy. Um, but yeah, I was, I, uh, so anyway, my point being like, uh, it, people were saying super kind things. I got to like talk to Bo. Yeah, I got to, they really love you. Every time I go yeah. there, everybody talks about how much they love you. Yeah, I talked to Stu, James, Sid, Jay, like, you know, and like some people said some, you know, really, really, uh, just heartwarming shit oh. you know about just the way i handled myself the things you know the attitude i brought to it and the importance of the things i said and did you know like Stu was like man you should be really proud of what you did this season now Stu's worked at the daily show and all this stuff mm-hmm. I like that. he was like man a lot of this stuff is your voice on this show you know like a lot of these ideas and stuff is stuff you pitched and ideas you got through um and he was you know like that shit just don't happen for everybody Mm -hmm. and so i was like you know i i do appreciate it you know Bo, bo was like man i we could not have done this show without you you know he's like this like the way you like handled your shit the way that you like understood the show what it's trying to be what i'm trying to do literally it would not have worked without you you know james said really kind stuff about you know because i think this year james discovered that i'm actually like talented i think 
last year just because there's a lot going on the room is kind of like it's less organized everybody trying to get to know each other yeah Yeah. and and you know and i'm sure like to some extent a lot of people think and and i don't blame them but you know a lot of people probably think oh that's just bo's boy and he just like hooked him up with a job nah you went through the process not just that but like it's like this thing bo said about Stu, where he's like Stu said quietly i'm the most confident man you know or something like that and i'll and i said the boy he probably doesn't even remember that i was like yeah actually quietly i'm probably the most confident person you know <laughs> like because because like there's not been a thing that i didn't think i could do and i still look at this job this way and i know is is not disrespect to it's not trying to be disrespectful to anybody else if this is your dream and your vision chase it i hope you get it mm-hmm. but this not my dream right this is literally a thing i'm only doing for this dude i haven't even implored or or looked into making it a career now i don't mean that i wouldn't right but i'm not active like my goal isn't to actively be like and now i'm gonna go right for the colbert show like i really love doing this for Bo. i wouldn't have went to new york for somebody else a lot of these rooms are remote now you don't have to be there sam b all these people doing they shit remote you know um uh i think but i do but i think i could make it in most of these rooms as long as it's not a like abusive, abusive. like right. i i don't think i have the temperament for a lot of these art people they have the temperament to deal with abuse or be abusive i that's the one place i really don't think i got so like i don't i've worked in corporate america i don't yeah i just don't think i got it in me maybe i would find out i did i don't even want to know i have that in me right i if you talk to me greasy you disrespect me if you think it's fun or or needed to be chaotic and mean to people i don't want to work with you yeah and i've served so i've i've yeah. i've i'm not trying funny i've served my fucking time with people talking to me goddamn crazy yeah like I, i'm not you don't and I, and the thing is you don't gotta talk to me like that so so you doing it as an ego thing you right. don't gotta flex on me ever i'm not a nigga that need to be flexed on i don't walk mm-hmm. around like i'm hot shit i just i think i can i'm capable of things but i don't walk around like let me be in charge i don't want to i'm not envious i'm not jealous i'm not really that ambitious i don't want to take nobody's job right i like going home and having a life and doing my podcast so there's a lot of stuff that i think people assume about people but when you work with me you realize oh it's not an act Mm -hmm. he just don't and i and i'm not i don't lie to people either so like it's straight up like if you i would tell this to anybody's face you know like it was funny one day we were talking about somebody i can't remember who it was and somebody was like hey keep it down man he might hear you i said nigga i'll say this to his face i'm not talking shit <laughs> like it's a difference to me between like man fuck this nigga behind somebody back i don't do that i don't like doing that but like anytime i like every i just like i'm not uh, for everybody or just like i am i don't do everything perfect in a way there's funny shit about me so is everybody else the difference is i don't think i grew up in a in a in a family and stuff where like you can kind of say that somebody's face as long as you're just not mean about it it's fine right if you can tease somebody about it it's, it's jokes you know so mm-hmm. but um yeah i remember that but my point being um i know i did a great job but i knew i would do a great job if i was allowed to do a great job you see what i'm saying mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. 
i i like it's not a ego thing it's a this is what i can do this is what i should is if y'all want me to do it and they wanted me to do it so i think this year like james found out oh this nigga can do it also like i have been thinking about this shit first season was me learning right i'm still learning but this season was i know some shit now i knew nothing last year now i actually know how some shit's supposed to go and look and you start getting privy to like the fight for the show and like what voice and what things need to be heard and what needs to be advocated for and so that felt good to be able to deliver on that yeah and something i can say how can i say this i applaud your confidence and you just being like i know i can do this and 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 something and the weird thing about me and i am getting and i've gotten better over the years there's a lot of shit i know i can do there's a lot of shit if i quote unquote apply myself i can learn it i could navigate it i could teach somebody about it like if i just quote unquote went all in um it's like a lot of times like a lot of people i and it's not even imposter syndrome i guess some of it where i feel like sometimes i'll shrink myself trying to figure it out Mm -hmm. versus just going in going okay i know this because the thing is i don't I don't want to say I want to be too co- too confident, but it's like, no, Karen, you can do this. I know you know you can do this. Don't second. Well, you know what? I can't speak for for you, but I'll just note my personal experience. I've never really failed at anything, but part of the reason I've never really failed at anything is because I haven't always tried to go beyond what I can do. True. And so the confidence comes. Like I've never had a job interview. I didn't get the job ah okay you see what i'm saying yeah when i was when i was trying to get into college i got accepted to every college i got to the only one i didn't get scholarship offered from was uh howard so but at the same time i only wanted to really go to hbcu i probably could have got in some well i knew i could get in some pwis and i would have got the 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 you know the blackness scholarship type situation but i didn't want to go to one um so i think some of this stuff is that for me where i don't really have a lot of insecurity about my shit in that way because in a very specific like i'm gonna do this and i'm not gonna be able to do it and then i'm gonna fail and everyone's gonna see that i shouldn't have done this i don't have that particular hang up Mm -hmm. the my hang-ups are more like uh it's a weird I, and i told y'all this when i fucking i told everybody this when i applied for the job i told you this the first day i applied for the job i said i'm the thing i'm worried about is what happens when i get it yeah you did say that i'm like everybody was like you man you should just at least try it i was like man i'm not worried about i'm not worried about trying and then my feelings being hurt because i didn't get it some and to some level i probably would have been a little relieved because i wouldn't have felt no pressure i was like well i right. didn't get it i tried oh well shit happens but uh, if, if y'all if y'all remember the story they asked me to write a packet and gave me a week i've never written a packet before in my life i turned it in the next night that uh, maybe that night yeah you did you worked on it that night you was up to like three or four yeah yeah karen went to sleep and i just started writing and and i turned it in that night because i said when we do the show y'all ain't gonna give me uh two weeks to do this Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying now i turned out to be wrong they 
they actually do give you two weeks to do a lot of this shit nah my bad but i thought there were gonna be situations now this i was right about there's gonna be situations when you don't get fucking two weeks yeah they ask you for something that you don't we go in that rewrite when you have less than an hour to get everything fixed together as a team when there's been times where we have a meeting and they're like in an hour we need you to write a whole like couple pages about this topic in bo's voice in a way that he will be able to like it will accentuate his points you see what i'm saying Mm -hmm. you so i just started to me it was it was i went into the training the same way goku and vegeta take off their clothes and you find out it's weighted you see what i'm saying where you be like oh shit this nigga was never fucking playing with us he's he's always had so that's how i treated it now the next time bo told me slow down you know da 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 and i i told i he was like you know you don't have to try to turn it in the fastest blah blah blah. i said okay and what happened was i wrote it in about the same amount of time but i waited to turn it in until like five days later because if it make you feel better like i took more time to do it cool but i mean i either i'm gonna sink or swim is so my confidence is just different is what i'm saying it's just the things i the things i'm not confident about were like can i live in new york alone mm. you see what i'm saying mm-hmm. uh can i am i gonna find <laughs> it's so stupid and i know it sounds stupid to y'all because y'all are like nigga you thought you could write for a tv show but not find out where to do your laundry every week yes nigga that's those that's where my anxiety manifests that's where my shit is fucked up stuff that people take for granted is stuff i don't you know um so a lot of this experience for me was um the things i found out i was capable of weren't anything related to the job in those ways it was um you know going out at night to do man on the street and meeting people and talking with them and stuff um it was uh figuring out you know what my food and 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 living situation was going to be moving three times in four months for three different airbnbs or whatever um that shit that was those are the things that you know i navigated um so uh all that to say like i am proud of my work um you know i got a little emotional because i was thinking the last night uh when it was the the game theory drink talking but i haven't posted the video but i was sitting on the balcony in the dark and i was just feeling so grateful but i was thinking like man i almost said no to this and the only reason i didn't say no is more about for Bo, for Karen, for my parents, you know, for my niece, for all the people that were like, you should take this opportunity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this I is was a, like, let's go, let's do it. This is a rare thing. This is not a, this is not a guarantee for anybody. And my number one thing was really still to this day, I wouldn't have felt right knowing I could probably do what Bo needed and would be one of the only people not really in it for themselves that was dedicated to making sure he shined as hard as he needed to shine to put his best foot forward because there's so much shit you can't control Mm -mm. but what you can control is putting out the best product you can and to know that like if he would have just been there and it's just a job for everybody else 
it's kind of like you still by yourself now i know he had james so it wouldn't have been like that james is the homie Mm -hmm. and but like to somebody that's just like bro i'm not trying to make like a career off of this right i'm not trying to make a name off of this i'm trying to make game theory with bomani jones the most popping and the most bomani of all the shit that you could do and so that was the main reason i went the main reason i went back season two you know but we'll see what happens after this i hope we get renewed but i don't know to be honest if we get renewed i'd like to be able to work out some sort of remote or hybrid situation possibly you know um just depending on how things work does contract shit too like i could come up more frequently Yeah. yeah it could be a lot uh different things that could work out with this but yeah man it's it's the main thing is i am proud of the work i did and i'm proud of the show we put out and that made it all worth it and so uh yeah man i'm you know and i'm thankful you know to be honest i'm thankful but uh the like i'm also grateful to be back home too like i did miss home i miss all the 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 shit that people think is born here i i miss those routines those are the things that anchor me um so yeah i you know and i thank everybody our fans that came to the tapings that were so understanding of our schedule Mm -hmm. that uh got you know was supporting that was going up you know every time they seen like a instagram or a post or whatever you know uh the even the, the people that shared all the coon coonlander content content <laughs> everybody man like I, I and i was saying this about keith and him the two everybody like shalewa ray bossy um the the staff of game theory yeah, sydney they, castillo they really love you they held me down like i didn't have no i have no family in new york you know what i'm saying like this is not but i had a a a network Mm -hmm. that held me down that if i have really needed anything they would have been there with it oh yeah you're talking about elders a lot of people that was like yeah i remember when you was up there a lot of people didn't realize that you know when you're talking about christmas this christmas was literally your first christmas not at home yeah and And i and people was inviting me i i was fine it was it was brick outside dead ass son but i was fine man you were getting all the invitations because a lot of people was like oh yeah then it was like uh what do you mean you appear and none of your family is here and karen's not with you and you started getting all of the invitations they were like yeah i think everybody thought i would be sitting in the house sad but that's not really my my thing i mean i missed everybody of course but you know that's not like how i it just didn't manifest in in that type of way yeah but when you talk about network you had people that was literally looking out going you know what if you need me i'm here and i think those things uh to me uh matter i know uh for me uh just going up there uh i could tell uh some of the people were kind of used to me because i think uh this time when i gave my name it was like i was like karen mara she was like oh yeah ron's wife i was like oh okay yeah. you know it was like an automatic thing and you know uh even when i did like the covid test and all that stuff they was like yeah we love right you know why i was taking the covid test and all this type of stuff and you know everybody talked about how much you don't know you know i mean listen the truth of the matter is if you don't fuck with me if you ever meet somebody that really got some foul shit to say about me anybody that tells you like i get down on some bullshit run 
ain't that the truth right i'm not saying this in no narcissistic way i'm not saying this in no way where it's like i'm trying to control y'all keep y'all from from like finding out my secrets and shit no i'm telling y'all straight up people that don't like me are 100 percent whack if they don't fuck with me you're in the presence of a whack motherfucker nobody don't like me people that don't like me are genuinely bad fucking people period so all that to say it, it's a, it should be a red fucking flag if a nigga tell you they don't fuck with me period you'll never find nobody with a real good reason it's just gonna be some shit they either lying about or some shit that they are like they got a complex but it's it's supposed to be my problem you right, see what i'm saying right for the most part i don't fuck with no money i i i stay my ass my, in the my, crib my, my my business i don't talk about people's bodies nope. i don't flirt i don't like all i do is have fun i don't pick on people i don't bully nobody all i want to do is have a good fucking time and it and the only people that i know that i can think of that are don't fuck with me they don't like me because i know they a whack-ass nigga and they know that i it's not even like i'm out here just Mm-mm. running around reveling in it it's just they don't like the fact that i know and i don't lie <laughs> you know what i'm saying like, like i don't run out to tell people they whack but if you ask me if they whack i'll be like nigga, that nigga they whack. Whack. so i promise you like you're not gonna run into anybody that's gonna say some shit bad about me in any substantial way like I'm sure there's annoying shit like I'm always positive or I'm always mm-hmm. you know oh sometimes he makes jokes when it's time to be serious like some shit like that but you ain't about to I don't I've never done anybody dirty career wise I don't steal ideas I don't uh take anybody's work I don't take credit for people's shit I don't like I'm a good fucking person to work with in that type of way and i don't want to take nobody job none of this shit so all that stuff to say like um i'm grateful and i think when people tell you all that stuff like it's because that's the truth yeah like and and i could tell i could tell like the environment i was like oh okay like because just you and your presence and things like that i was like okay i actually really and, and the thing was and it's not really funny but what's funny about it they be excited to tell me they be like oh you Ron's wife and, I, and you must talk about me a lot cause everybody was like oh I heard all about you I was like oh <laughs> it just made me feel good I was like oh he be talking about me well yeah I mean like I said I think also because I'm not I think I don't, I don't uh, yeah like it would be weird to not talk about my wife <laughs> like right. I know there's people that do that but I don't know like they got their own reasons I'm not judging them it's mm-hmm. not my business but right. but yeah I just mind my fucking business to do my goddamn job and try to make it a fun place and a fun pl- environment to hang out with I was honestly the thing that probably made me the most proud was the last day in the office everybody was in our office toasting drinking and having fun right because I had the spot I feel like last season when we got there and it, this is not a shot a shot at anybody but I feel like last season when we got there me and Tommy got there last and by the nature of getting there last our room became the writer's room of the kind of like not the rejects but the just the kind of like the not <laughs> like I made a joke we we're the not cool writer's room <laughs> and i put uh i put 
I put um, a sign on our door this year, and it said "Cool Writers Room." It was a little little sticky, and one of the writers took it and put it on the other writers' room. Is the Cool Writers Room? So then I put a sticky up that said "The Not Racist Writers Room" for our room. <laughs> and, and it stayed like that the whole season to the, the last day and then i took it and switched it to the friends writers room for the other writers and then i ch- changed eyes to the living single writers room but my point my point being like we were kind of a little bit the the writers room that because we hadn't worked with the other people before mm-hmm. and it feels good to have the room that everybody was like saying let's hang out here let's be a community in this room um for the last show and coming by and everyone hugging and saying their goodbyes and enjoying and telling everybody their plans and about their life we built something here and i'm i think that's a testament to to me tommy uh elena but you know i took a lot of pride in that because i want people to feel those good vibes because i think that's what helps us make the best creative content i don't think this whole miserable tortured artist shit this whole thing where we're mean each other and catty and 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 working in a hostile environment that shit to me i don't need that to be good and i my guess is most of these people don't need that to be good and so to have that space felt great you know and to have that support system felt great um so i'm just mostly fucking you know i'm just mostly fucking grateful for the situation I'm glad that you are grateful for the situation and you know and and this is just me talking I don't know if it's a place of insecurity or whatever but it's one of the things where I with you writing and evolving and growing I like I said to an extent I want to quote unquote challenge myself mm-hmm. you know that's why I told you I wanted to like take one of those comedy classes you know, I was thinking about possibly doing like uh, what you call it, like the sketch comedy thing, where you kind of have to, you know, do things improv, improv off the top of your head, uh, type of thing. Uh, and it's just one of my one of the things where I go kind of quote unquote. Shop. I mean, I think you can do it absolutely. It is work. Yeah, you do it. You do your job, and you do the podcast, and you be doing that. Um, so it's something you have to take seriously. You yeah, know, that's true too. Um, but also, I don't want you thinking you're not enough. Like, right, right. That's, that's, you know, and, like and, I hope you're not doing it out of some like because I, I this is what I'm trying to say the whole time I would feel just as good about myself if I never went to New York and did this shit I felt like I was the shit here mm. I felt like I was smart here I felt like the right the stuff we do for this show is fun and brilliant I don't need HBO is nice but it's like a blue check mark on Twitter is mostly impressive to other people right but i was impressed with me already so that's what people are seeing i'm just not just because i'm not flaunting into everybody's face and walking around talking about the shit right doesn't mean i'm not confident or that i don't feel uh satiated or feel validated you know a lot of that came from you from your belief in in me to to a certain extent um even to start this to do our podcast the way we do it so um it like it's i didn't take writing classes you know what i mean i didn't i like i'm not saying i couldn't benefit from them but i didn't do it is my point like something came for you naturally i just i 
a part of this is just thinking i can do it and then just fucking doing it you know you put in the work it, it's not easy you gotta get it through a bunch of people but what happens so i mean it's turned to a whole different thing but oh, that's fine. what happens is like white people get in these rooms the fucking same way i did if not easier meaning like it would be that's my homeboy he just in the writer's room as opposed to what happened with Bo, which is hey man you my homie would you like to submit to the writer's room i can't promise you anything it's a blind thing so i won't even really necessarily know it's yours or you know like other people won't know it's yours but you know we got x amount of people submitting and there's a very slim chance you get through but you know is this something you'd even be interested in doing and what Bo didn't know that i knew was i can do this i just need to know the rules but that's the way my whole life has been i've like i said i've never tried for some shit and not got it so i was like i'm gonna fucking get this i'm gonna have to go to fucking new york i'm gonna fucking have to live there how the fuck am i gonna do our podcast what i have to leave karen behind for a couple for however long it's a fucking pandemic these are the things that my mind was saying mm-hmm. because i already felt like i was gonna get it mm. i was more worried about how is getting it gonna change my life okay and in ways that that's that's what i struggle with is in my brain starts talking about the negative ways and not the positive ways it went straight to like fuck you know what i mean (laughs) and where most people would be like oh my god what if i get it i'm crazy i'm nervous i was never nervous because i was like i can do it you know (laughs) they still make jokes about this my first interview with them through zoom i asked them okay but how much money do it pay like i wasn't i was interviewing them they thought they were interviewing me right you know <laughs> i was like because if it's a number they would have said i would be like well no i'm not coming up there right <laughs> you know what I'm saying? so like this is like and I, I i'm not trying to sound arrogant i'm saying this just as because i mean if you think i sound arrogant i don't think uh i me saying also keep in mind me also saying i didn't know how i was gonna do my laundry that to me i don't think it's arrogance <laughs> I think most of y'all are like in mo- the 99% of y'all are like nigga what of course you d- <laughs> just get a service or you go to a laundromat you fucking idiot so I I, 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 feel, I feel like most of y'all are like on the other side so it's humbling and but I'm confident is what I'm saying my point being you've done 2600 episodes of this show right beside me mm-hmm. you've done so many spinoff shows you've been guest on other people's shows mm-hmm. when people come out to the table in the game theory and meet me they ask me about you oh when people write in and they talk about how funny you are and funny moments and you know when you're hosting last week on keith and the girl and it's fucking three hours long because you wrote all this shit and you got all these thoughts and things you want to say you're right. not you're funny now that doesn't mean you can't hone it you can't improve it or better but if you're doing it for some f- level of validation meaning that well once i get this comedy class a I'm gonna feel like I can be a comedian. Nigga, you're doing it. You don't, you don't need it. You don't, like, right. you don't I'm need it for you. that. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with wanting it. Yes. Just make sure you want it for, for, for you, for not, yeah. not for some ex, ex, external reason for some other about, person yeah, to see. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I need to see Like, if anything, that. these, you should be teaching a class, not taking a class. 
because cause you get up here and improv every fucking day you improv more than me i'm the one that know what we're gonna talk about you don't. oh that's true that's true i'll be coming off top rope <laughs> you know you dedicated a lot of time to this so i i mean if you want to do it i'll obviously support whatever you want to do but yeah don't I, I i hope you're not looking at me being new york or looking at it as like not a competition but like a, i gotta step up i gotta keep up no you know you don't have to do that you you continue to because you already are honing stuff constantly you listen to podcasts you're you're constantly listening to comedians like you're you're listening to audio but like you're always learning and you're always pushing yourself and you also hold down an entire fucking job you know like not even that you necessarily need it but you hold it down and you do that job you know great and you get like it's i just hope you're not looking for something uh external that you don't need so as long as it's coming from inside i'll I'll support whatever but if it's just to you know for if it's if it's for external shit so you can finally call yourself a comedian that's bullshit you've been a comedian for (laughs) years now we've been doing this over a decade yes yes so it's one of those things where i'm going to sit down and analyze that because i never asked myself why is like all of a sudden i just kind of got this feeling like okay what can i do to improve what can i do to get better what can i do to hone my craft type of thing and so i'm actually sit down with myself and kind of ask myself why yeah because i think i mean not speaking for you but i think seeing obviously seeing me with in new york with comedians with if it feels like oh he's in the industry now or some shit and it's like i (laughs) that is not what that is not what is feeling for me it is feeling like i want to go meet shalewa sharp i adore her and have found her funny my whole like since i've heard of her and if i had a chance to go take a picture and talk to her for 10 minutes then i'm fucking getting the uber and i'm gonna do it yes sir that's what it felt like but i think when you see it on the gram when you see the video it feels like look at them this man moving and shaking he he really stepped his game up i didn't take none of the screenwriting classes y'all i didn't do it <laughs> i didn't do shit different i just was me and i think you can do the same thing i don't think it's we we could start our own shit that that rather than worry about them you know i think deep down that's what all my quote-unquote dreams end up looking like anyway is more like us doing some shit not me doing some shit for a check from somebody else that can decide my shit ain't hot and just get rid of us you know right i look at you know us doing live shows uh Mm -hmm. tours um that's something we talk about stuff like even filmed content sketches stuff there's just stuff that that we can do i just don't i i don't i don't really need day validation agree yeah yeah we, we're, we're we're definitely on the same page like there have been things that i have been thinking about that i kind of want to dig into to get better clarification and and figure out you know how to do the things to make what we do even better um like i look at things that i go oh i see what you're doing and i go well these are the steps that you take let me make my own quote-unquote version of that not not the same not identical because we're not the same but my own version of that using everything i'm learning is in service to what i can do for us and ourselves that's how that's how i approach it agreed yeah okay and that 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 that, that i don't i don't look at it like oh and then this is how i'm gonna get on the, the next show i look at it like oh cool i didn't know you could hire a camera crew 
and pitch a sketch and film it a this is the kind of money you need these are the kind of people you need i didn't know that until i did this show i didn't know you could just reserve a fucking space and set up your own museum i didn't know that now you need a budget you need a bunch of shit but you you can do it is my point Mm -hmm. you know it might not look the same you know hiring an actor for and paying them scale to do a couple lines or you can just do that didn't know so that's the kind of shit that i look at but yeah my dream is not like to join the limelight of la so i think um no matter that's other people's dreams and then they see it and then put that on to me right but you know me better than that so you know that you don't need to put that on me and obviously you don't need to put that on yourself no it's it's not that i'm putting that on quote unquote you i think a lot of it is more in my own mind no but when you say you need to like step up or something yes you are to me saying some version of like the if the if if the impetus is looking at me then to me you're putting something on me that i, I that i don't have oh, on no, myself no 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 and, and, and in my mind when i say step up i'm saying as far as sharpening my own personal toolkit i know but okay. why okay you see what i'm saying okay. yeah like it, if it's man you in new york doing this or no. you know i see you doing such and such or it makes me want to take a class or some shit like to be a comedian finally <laughs> it's like no because i don't you doing it be a, yeah, right and the thing is i, I you know because I, I respect stand-up so i was like oh, no i'm not a stand-up comedian you well, know but that's there's different types of comedians you don't have that's to be a stand-up true. comedian to be a comedian you've been a comedian the whole fucking time <laughs> that's true too that's true too uh i never really looked at it uh like that i, I guess uh, that's my role i'm a sit-down comedian so you know it's one there's of, nothing wrong with one to improve though right. for any of this you can right. also take classes online as master class there's a bunch of options you don't even have to leave the room to do these options true but i'm just saying like like really where the feeling is coming from is what you need to examine not right i need yeah I, i'm like i said because cl- uh, the class ain't gonna give you that if that ain't really what you after true you know so that's what i would caution you to think about no problem but yeah and i didn't mean to feel like i was putting something upon you no i i'm this is this is not a a judgment it's not a uh repudiation it's just i think it's not just you too is i you know have friends that do this you know and it's just life it's just we've been taught like there's certain shit you supposed to want right and so they see me getting something that other people want and they think it's because i want it and i'm saying it's not necessarily a want for me it's not a dislike i don't hate it or anything i'm not having a bad time but it ain't this is not what makes me feel validated in that way getting this and being like look at me i'm on hbo nigga i did it and i know that that's a lot of people dream so they may take that personally but i'm gonna right. tell you something my life not about you so you shouldn't take it personal at all because your life not about me right and it's why i don't get jealous or ambitious with other people because mm. they that has nothing to do with me agree so my main takeaway being um it's about what you need internally the the main reasons i went up there were not to to flex or floss or to build a resume it was literally i feel like this is my homeboy and i've been told him if he ever did this i would be there for him Mm -hmm. and 
that's what the fuck i'm fitting to do because i'm a man of my word right <laughs> but but and because and i would feel horrible i really would have felt horrible if i turned on the tv and i had nothing to do with game theory and the shit wasn't good or the shit felt like they whitewashed Bo, or it felt like you know it could it wasn't really him i would have said man i should have been there i'll i'll always regret this this shit wasn't good and and i might have been played a small part in it not being as good as it could that's what i would have regretted but yeah the rest of this shit is just like i you know what i mean i I, I feel yes yes and this and it's one of those things where uh like you talk about insecurity and stuff it's just one of those things where i am a cheerleader i have like a cheerleader spirit and so I always cheer other people on about, you know, doing their best and and uh, 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 going out and doing these great things and, and you know, being all these uh, spectacular things. But when it comes to me, sometimes I could get, like I said, get into my own head, you know, sometimes. So I was like, okay, I need to get out of my head and know that I am enough. I can do these things. I have accomplished a lot. There's nothing that we have done that hasn't been because of you too there's nothing i've done that hasn't been because of you so you know i don't want you ever feeling any level of left out or inadequate or whatever um but yeah but at the same time don't get me don't get it twisted if you search your feelings and really feel like i want to take comedy classes whether they be virtual or in person somewhere around here 100 percent, whatever you need like okay. it's not it's not i'm not trying to discourage you no 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 just, just saying yeah. be sure yeah 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 look look at the foundation of where these feelings are coming from yeah because yeah. i never really questioned where they're coming Cause who the from fuck gonna tell sense. you you're not a comedian suck my dick you've been <laughs> you've been comedian in the last time i looked at these checks they was they, they was coming they didn't say raw checks these checks had both our names on it both our names on our bank account bitch what's the episode of the blackout tips that don't got you on it show me the one i'll wait ain't that the truth so i don't like I, if it's waiting on some other motherfucker to tell you that you're a comedian fuck that tell yourself that shit yeah and then go do what you want to do go Come get it on. yourself ah right, yes and uh you know i uh, i i you know and it's one of those things where i do a jokes and things like that but i've come to the conclusion where i go you know bitch i am funny you know i make myself laugh you know right. i love the fact that uh our audience is super super supportive in uh me doing my comedy they kind of like a soft landing pad and and half of the jokes sometimes be the jokes be bad but who gives a fuck yeah they ours yes they are they're my bad jokes ah! all right we we didn't talk about anything donald trump <laughs> got arrested i'm sure we'll talk about it tomorrow maybe or something uh I'm not arrested he got indicted and i can't wait for him to get arrested even though he got to get arrested the most fun white way ever um but the main thing is i'm back from new york guys and i think you know what that means be clear podcasters i'm back and i'm gonna be on your ass now it's time for the podcast team to come back we let you niggas get away with doing your little shows and we wasn't on your neck we wasn't giving you five days a week we was intermittent we was coming through every couple couple weeks couple days a week 
now we back i'm reading articles again niggas and you niggas gonna know who out here making funny jokes about comedy and pop culture and doing tv show reviews the walking dead oh yeah i'm thinking we back on the walking dead i I think we back we don't give a fuck that it's already over i don't care that it's over it's never over for us it's never over y'all niggas been waiting we gonna do that you other podcast niggas you just been out here thinking y'all dropping gems y'all not dropping gems Mm -mm. y'all not y'all not really living that life we on your ass y'all the black gautils is back y'all just been out here let they been out here listening to y'all y'all been just saying shit oh look at me i got an opinion well bitch i got more and you about to get them all dead ass <laughs> dead ass son all dead right. ass son we back we back dropping bombs and dropping gems on these niggas we back they said the podcast game is dead i said i killed it nigga that's why (laughs) but now it's coming back to life john wick four we about to catch that many bodies in these podcast streets (laughs) i seen y'all sniping i seen y'all talking i seen y'all on your little instagrams and your twitter hey gonna have to go live with my podcast nigga you about to go dead with your podcast because we about to kill this shit it's over <laughs> it's over for you comedy niggas and pop culture commentary niggas it's over for you hoes it's over for you political niggas <laughs> yeah we we putting cases on everybody we talking shit about all you motherfuckers npr it's a wrap <laughs> This American life is this African American life. <laughs> okay, the daily, nigga, the nightly. Cause we gonna be on your ass every night. When you wake up, we gonna still be there. Yeah, we gonna put our foot on your neck, nigga, and we ain't gonna get off of it. We about to tip the scales. The black guy will tip the scales. We back, we put, we moving weight out here. Fish scale. All right, y'all. Until next time, I love you. I love you, too. Mwah. Mwah.